Welcome to Arts for the Health of It, a podcast where you will discover creative ways to improve your health and well-being. Someone may have told you that art isn't for you, but they were wrong. Anyone can create arts for the health of it. No talent or experience necessary. I'm just a little songbird. Try to fly my way homeward with the melody and I make the beat. Don't know where it'll take me, take me. Cause when I'm in the dark of night, I sing my way back to the light. Come along with me and your heart will see that a song changes everything. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Arts for the Health of It. We're live on Facebook and YouTube. So if you have questions today, make sure you're using the comments to uh, ask away. And if they're good questions, we will answer them. Uh, I'm Richard (laughs) Wilmore. Only if they're good. We'll be the judge of that. Uh, I'm Richard Wilmore. And And, and I'm Constanza Roeder. I'm your co-host. And uh, we're here with Wes. Wes, Wes, Wes. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me very much. Of course. Um, I I don't even know. I feel like this is going to be one of those where we, again, need four hours to talk to you. So I want to like... Well, you heard I'm a talker, didn't you? Yeah. Well, (laughs) yes. And you've had quite a life um, and you have lots of stories. So we want to get into why you're here and then also talk about uh, Rock to Recovery and what you do with them. So can you kind of tell everybody a little bit of your history? Oh, boy. Where do you want me to start? Start at the most exciting part. <laughs> <laughs> Say something that the listeners actually want to hear. Yes. <clears throat> Gosh, I mean, you know, I mean, you could start in my story as a human being and, the, you know, the struggles and feeling like I didn't fit in. And by the way, I just want to acknowledge the bad hair day. Okay. Now we got that out of the way. Okay, it looks fabulous. Mm-hmm. I know I did that on purpose. It's exactly. a special kind of gel. It's I a use. trend. Uh, it's a trend. Uh, you know, I moved a lot. My parents divorced. I, you know, and then I quickly attached myself to all the stoners and the partiers and the people who liked, you know, wore heavy metal shirts and punk rock and ripped jeans and that, you know, I, I was comfortable in that world of getting obliterated. And meanwhile, you know, chasing the record deal, uh, you know, obsessed with guitar. It was my best friend. And, uh, you know, my addiction progressed. And at the height of my addiction, um, I went from having a bunch of really crappy bands to one that was selling out clubs. So I certainly didn't have a problem with addiction. Actually, it was helping me, right? Because of all these drugs and drinking, clearly it's making me a better and more uh, successful musician. So that's kind of like a nice little launch into like my story and where is it where it goes you know and then you know when you're in that realm you're trying to find answers in a a place where like you know why are you saying i got a problem when y'all are getting wasted just like me you Mm know um and wondering what is the problem you know maybe i can just control it maybe if i don't get in trouble maybe you know getting lectured by other band members actually jonathan davis from corn when we went out on tour i was with head PE my band and we opened up for them and he pulled me aside hey I've heard about your drinking dude and so he tried to you know 
changed me from Jack and Cokes, which is known in the drinking world to make people a little bit wild and crazy. Uh, and we came up with vodka and Coke. And uh-huh. uh, the reason I, that's relevant is because this is like, you know, you hear the story all the time in addiction, you know. Well, you know, maybe if I, you know, don't inject the heroin and I just snort it, it'll be di- or whatever, you know. Um, and so I was trying to control it and enjoy it. And uh, the two never can happen at the same time. I can't be in control and enjoying my drinking and using. Um mm. And, uh, you know, I crashed and burned and ended up in a rehab. And there there I was taught that I was an alcoholic. Even though I thought my problem was drugs, I I was taught that I'm an alcoholic, that, you know, as soon as I start putting anything in me that gets me loaded, that's when I lose the power of choice. And uh, put me on the road to recovery, you know, which is means what? Well, for somebody like me, the drinking and using was a symptom. So when I stopped drinking and using, now I'm uncomfortable, shame guilt, maybe, you know, some anxieties, you know, and restless, irritable and discontents, what they call it. Uh, so then I had to get down to the causes and conditions and start really healing um, and acting different and, you know, just to have a full transformation to where I loved myself and my life and how I felt so much I no longer wanted to drink and use. Hmm. And music played a part in that can you can you share a little bit about that oh yeah music (laughs) oh so this is this this shows about art and and health yeah (laughs) so well this is cool because it's like a juxtaposition right so my you know it's gonna sound raunchy and obvious but my life was like built around this mantra of sex drugs and rock and roll right like you know go out there and play music and meet the girls and get wasted, you know, seriously. And I, I mean that full, wholeheartedly. Uh, so when I went into rehab, I'm like, wait, you know, and this is a problem with people going into recovery is you have this view of what it's going to be like based on what? <laughs> no lived experience. And you're just making up stuff. Your brain makes up stuff. So my brain was like, well, you can't play music anymore. You can't be sober and play music and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, but when I was in the treatment center, which I love the program, it's called Newfound Life in uh, Long Beach. They had us drawing pictures and doing some yoga and other stuff like that, but there wasn't any music, but I did beat a musician. I was like, I, I got to go to rehab where I can bring my guitar. I brought my guitar. And then, so in between breaks, like when we were, you know, done with our therapist or whatever, I would break out the guitar and start playing. And I would watch how that would transform the entire room. So what does that mean? You got 22 dudes from all walks of life and ages and all over the country, different problems, some junkies, some, you know, 75-year-old wino uh, male man, you know, everywhere in between. So in that, you know, you got clicks like that guy's cool. He's a weirdo. Screw that guy, right? Because we're all, you know, anxious and you know, low self-esteem and insecure. Uh, High school. But as soon as I play, what's that? So like high school. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Yeah. Well, a lot of, you know, there's a lot of dark energies in there. That's just Mm -hmm. how it is when we're, 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 you know, if you're seeking recovery, you're not coming in like, Hey, you know, you're coming in like dark and you see it and put it on everybody. Mm -hmm. As soon as I played guitar, the room transformed. Mm -hmm. It was incredible. Like I, you know, and then I started playing like silly country, like and everybody started dancing around and being silly and stupid. And I was like, well, that's pretty dang powerful. 
I don't know a therapist that does that. The yoga teacher can't get everybody that engaged. <laughs> you know, when we're doing our pictures, I'm sure I'm, you know, I would never knock, especially in the context of this, uh, <laughs> excuse me, podcast. Uh, I would never knock drawing pictures and stuff, but I didn't see such a great transformation from a room full of people doing this as I did with music. People are in their bodies. They're expressive. It was so, um, you know, fast that, that got, uh, you know, stored in my brain, if you will. So fast forward, I got the gig with corn because I was sober going back to that lie. My head told me, right. You'll never do music again. Cause mm-hmm. you can't be sober and do music, which I feel well, like and the then music- irony. I feel like one of the ironies of that story is you got the gig with corn because Brian Welch was going into recovery. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. So crazy. <laughs> and then you yeah, lost and my, the gig my- when he came out. <laughs> Is yeah. that right? Yeah. Yeah. And my band was named Head and his nickname is Head. And it's just like so many weird things. <laughs> There's another thing I could throw in there, but it's I can't go on. But it has to do with that. It, but it had very, very pertinent to the story. But we'll leave that out. Okay. Um, we'll leave. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, there's a lot of weird ironies. But, yeah, I actually got the gig uh, with Corn because I was sober because they've had they had a um, you know, at this time they've been around for almost 20 years. They're kind of trying to keep their machine rolling. It's like, you know, what you learn with bands that are legendary like that is you can't be, keep being, you know, drunken, drugged out maniacs and have and survive <laughs> for very long. So, uh, you know, my name came up earlier when he had left, had had left. And they're like, oh, no, that guy's, you know, a maniac. Well, a couple of years went past their guitar players they had weren't working out. The guy I ended up replacing is now dead from drinking. Mm. And so, but he was running amok and trying to hide his drinking. And so they were like, we want you in there because they knew I was sober. So, so when the corn gig was coming, so I got that because I was sober. I got to revisit art and music as a sober person and realize I'm a much better player sober, you know, and wow, as great as it was to be on drugs and play to crowds, because there is some magic in that. Let's face it. People do drugs and drink because there is some fun, some escape. We hit, we go to places that you don't go to sober. But to be able to sit on a stage in front of 80,000 people and be completely present Mm -hmm. was its own magic. Um, But then when the gig was going away uh, with corn, head was coming back as we talked about. Um, I, you know, I wanted to fall into self-pity like, oh, God, yeah, I'm going to be out of work again and sober, broke ass musician. But I went back to what I was taught, which is like, you know, um, prayer, meditation, ask for guidance. And I started doing this, you know, awe meditation and like, where do you want me? And it kind of just hit me like I'm not sent here to suffer, even though I felt kind of like it at that point. Like, mm. damn, I'm going to be broken, unemployed again. At not such a young age, mind you. And uh, th- and then that idea came to me, you know, well, actually, I prayed and I said, you know, uh, and by the way, I like to say this. I'm not like a religious guy, but I do put the energy out to the universe. I do invite answers in, you know. And so I said, OK, universe is this is supposed to who I'm supposed to be a sober musician. I feel like I was called to be a musician. And if I'm not sober, I'll die. So this is who I'm supposed to be in the world. How do I help people Mm. and make a living? And that was key. That was what was taught to me in recovery. Because 
as a selfish drunken rock star wasn't out there like hey what can i give to the world it was like take buy my records buy my t-shirts do you mm-hmm. like me you want to go on a date it was me you know and then and that's when i came up with the idea for rock to recovery which was going back to that time in rehab when i was like wait a second why isn't there more music in rehab so what is rock to recovery rock rock to recovery is a a concept an organization designed to help proliferate the use of playing music for non-musicians in any form of treatment that could be beneficial. We definitely started uh, mostly in the mental health and addiction arenas, but now have spread out into wounded warriors and um, at-risk youth and all sorts of other areas um, that we can get into later. But, you know, the concept being this, you know, music, <laughs> I, I I always say, like, music didn't start where a caveman was walking through the jungle and a piano fell. And then he was just like, oh, yeah, and started playing <laughs> Chopin. You know what I mean? It was like probably beating on drums and it was very communal, right? It was like, let's celebrate around the f- fire and ooga, booga, whatever they did as cavemen. I don't know. Or, you know what I mean? It was very tribal or was expressive and it brought the community together. And so they weren't like. Simon Cowell wasn't up there going, you know, you really suck. Get out of here. You know, (laughs) it wasn't about being a rock star. So I jokingly say that, you know, uh, well, no, seriously say that, that pop culture stole music from Mm. society really Mm. in a big way, because people are programmed if they're not Beyonce or Jimi Hendrix, that they're not musical. It's like, no, we're Mm. all music. We all have it in us. And we get afraid to use it because we're not good enough. You know what I mean? But when we're driving in our car and that song comes on, we're like, we don't care. And it makes us feel good when, you know what I mean? So the idea is that like, why aren't we using this thing that is so innately us, inherently us, it's in our DNA, music expression. And, And by the way, what comes with music is being in the body. We get kids rapping and stuff and it becomes a cathartic experience. And it's a great elixir for people to uh, get their emotions out. You know, if your Mm -hmm. therapist is like, you know, tell me about your dad. It's like, I mean, you know, it's like so much. But if you put it to music, you know, and you love Eminem, you might be like, yo, dad was never there for me. You'll be surprised what people start doing. So that's the idea is just like, you know, we want people to use music way more than they are. And so. I founded the organization on 12, 12 of 12, because clearly that's a magic number. And, uh, you know, we just passed our our ninth anniversary. So we're in our 10th year. And now we do about 600 sessions every month. Hmm. We have uh, about uh, 15 uh, people trained in our methodology um, that go out, you know, writing songs. And so how we work is we're an ancillary service. So if you have a treatment center, or you're a VA, or whatever, you could say, we want music here. Well, here we are. You can, you know, because the reality is that, you know, it's not an inherent quality of people that work in a treatment setting that like, oh yeah, by the way, I'm a licensed therapist and I can shred some guitar. You want to write some, you know? So we, we give the ability that they can offer that. That's amazing. I mean, I love what you're saying about pop culture 
stealing music from us that it kind of we used shame to push all that down and you're reintroducing it to people at really important times in their life um that's just so cool and i love this story about mr pinky and one of your y'all's for in your first session one of the first sessions mm. can you share about mr pinky and what happened or sorry mr pink i'm so sorry mr pink yeah no. well it's kind of a reservoir dogs reference in a way but not relevant in any fashion so you have to understand i had this idea i'm not a therapist a scientist anything i'm just like i, I think i want to bring music into treatment i'm terrified i pitched it for six months and and nobody they, hey, that's a great idea will you hire me well no until finally i got a bite and when they when they you know uh offered me to come in i was like oh my god oh my god i i need like two weeks i need like two weeks i was freaking out so i was terrified mind you i don't know exactly what i'm gonna do whether you consider yourself a musician or not music is all around us and it affects our everyday lives whether it's background music influencing our shopping habits in a store organ music adding the vibe to a baseball game or a playlist convincing us to keep going on that last mile of a run I'm Mindy Peterson, host of the podcast Enhance Life with Music, where we take a holistic look at the power of music in our everyday lives through the lens of science and health, sports and entertainment, business and education. You can find me and Enhance Life with Music at mpetersonmusic.com slash podcast or wherever you get your audio. Unleash the power of music. Make your day richer with The Richard Wilmore Show. Meet amazing musicians, talented actors, brilliant authors, hilarious comedians, and the most creative people in entertainment. Download the KP Media TV app to watch on Apple TV, Roku, and Amazon Fire. Medical professionals are burning out at an alarming rate. Burnout can cause health workers to feel hopeless, trapped, helpless, worthless, depressed, sleepless, and tired. By joining the Hearts Need Art Gratitude Grams program, Medical staff receive a personalized email and video from a musician, an artist, or writer once a week that includes a message of thanks, an encouraging song, uplifting poem, or a simple art activity. After watching their gratitude gram, participants report feeling more hopeful, empowered, energized, and appreciated. If you are or know a healthcare worker that would like to receive free gratitude grams, please visit heartsneedart.org. We got to set up the story. So I'm in one of my original sessions and, uh, you know, writing songs with uh, men in a uh, inpatient addiction treatment center. And so a kid, you know, a kid comes in late and he's a, a junkie, bad on a detox. And I don't know if the listeners know what that's like, but it's basically like having COVID, but you can't sleep. You defecate yourself. A lot of suicidal ideation. It's just hell. Like it's, mm. it's gnarly. And so he comes into the group, sees the guitars and the musical instruments and is like, you know, what the F is this? You know? And he starts going off like, I'm a junkie. I'm probably going to die a junkie. And I mean, I need to be sober. And he was just, you know, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I mean, you know, cause he was really emotionally distraught and uh, didn't understand, you know, his they use a term in um in uh you know clinical settings like this uh, measures of wellness well his were you know he had no hope for life and so i said well hold on i get it 
And I connected to him on the level of addiction. Like I've been detoxing from heroin. I know where you're at. I know that feeling. This group is actually designed just for you and what you're going through. We're writing a song about our challenges with addiction. And that kind of got him to buy in. And then I, and all I had left instrumentally was a little, this is why we call him Mr. Pink, a little pink uh, shaker, which looked like a baby rattle. It's a little egg. And I'm like, okay, so like, you know, here's the rhythm. Here's how you do this. And the chorus is this. And we're working on the verse. And it goes four times. And he's like, okay. He starts shaking. And now he's getting it. Wait, wait. So we do that three times? Okay, cool. And we're going. And now he's coming alive. He's coming alive. And we're playing the song. And, you know. By the end, we're all into it. We're singing together. And and he's like, this is amazing. He's like, are you coming here next week? Da, 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 you know, and I, and I was like, holy shit. I didn't know music could work like this. Let's mm-hmm. review. You are physically ill. You feel good now. You're saying you feel good. Your measures of wellness went from F you, why are you here? Get out of here. I'm going to die to like, I can't wait to see you next week. That's called hope. Mm. that's called hope in the future. So that's why Mr. Pink's story is uh, so profound. And it was as profound for me as, as it was for him to see the power of music in that way. Mm. What a great story. Was, was it just, I'm trying to like picture the beginning of all of this 10 years ago. Was it just you at that time going in Mm -hmm. and working with people and what kind of staff do you have now? What has it grown into? It was just me. And uh, again, that was one of the original sessions. So it was just me with some, uh, with, you know, keyboard, some hand drums, djembe, a couple of guitars, some small amplifiers. And actually in the beginning, I didn't even have vocals in my sessions because I'm not much of a singer. Um, so kind of what it looks like now, I'll tie it into a story. So, but if somebody, and we all, part of what we do in Rock Recovery is we record the song at the end and we upload it to our SoundCloud and it's fun to listen back. We've had, <clears throat> excuse me, people leave their treatment center and go back to that song as like a mantra or to take them back. Mm-hmm. We've actually had people relapse and use the song as like a, a kind of a memory or inspiration to go remember sobriety's here waiting for you this is how cool it could be so uh i didn't have a pa or a microphone or anything in the beginning we just kind of jammed out on music but if somebody was like yo i rap they'd be okay when we record that they'd hold the phone we're recording on up here but here's what happened so what i was like maybe i can scale this so i like who do i know oh well my buddy nate is a great singer he's sober and i my buddy Sonny, I, we toured. He's sober longer than I am. So I brought them in. Well, Nate is a great singer. And so I would bring him into sessions. And then, you know, he's a flex. So he'd be like, you know, singing and everybody. Oh, my God, your voice is so great. He'd get everybody to sing along with him. Keep in mind, I'm like bringing him on to do his own groups. And I'm super competitive. And I'm like thinking to myself, wait a second. Now, this guy's going to have singing in all his songs and it sound great. And I'm going to be Mr. Instrumental guy over here. Oh, hell no. <laughs> so <laughs> I had to quickly learn how to, um, you know, better my my uh, melody and lyrical writing and course writing skills. So uh, I had to, you know, file uh, trial by fire, as they say, real quick. And so from then we started adding microphones, a couple of them and really focusing more on the vocals style and so now like one of our kind of like the the 
the milestone or whatever lack of a better word we're trying to hit in the session is what we call the gang saying which comes from our nashville guy we used to call it the kumbaya the kumbaya technique but now uh, our nashville guy said nah man it's called the gang saying so we get everybody singing because it's very scared mm. to sing alone but when you sing together it's like it's fun to do like a big you know crowd participation vocal so that's how it's kind of changed and so we have basically 15 i think um, people that mostly work full time and they go, you know, treatment center to treatment center. Um, I started as a nonprofit to give away the services uh, to, you know, places that don't get funded for stuff like this. But because the demand was so great, we have a for profit entity so we could keep the books real clean. And if you want to pay us for our services, we have that too. And if we're giving away our services, we have that entity all in the same corporate umbrella. And like I said, we do about 600 sessions a month. We have a gentleman in Portland. We're all up and down California. We just finally hired our first woman up in the San Francisco area. Yay. <laughs> we had a lot of leads for women, but they just didn't work for whatever reason. I, by their own choice, by the way. Um, yeah, all the way down basically to the, the Mexican border. And then we have somebody uh, in Nashville as well. Um, we have a contract on the nonprofit side working with the, uh, through the Department of Defense, working with wounded warriors, going to the different Air Force bases where they have these care events where they take combat wounded warriors or other, other veterans that can't still keep uh, stay on active duty. They bring them together because as we kind of alluded to earlier, the suicide rates are so high uh, with veterans. And so they kind of bring them together for job fairs and for some adaptive sports is what they call like wheelchair, basketball, et cetera, et cetera. We were fortunate enough to connect with them as they were developing the program. So we're, we're, uh, we do like day of healing events, which are very, uh, mm. you know, in the name of arts for the health of it, they're very art centric, you know, um, poetry and comedy. My buddy BJ does a comedy thing where it gets them all doing gets together we do recovery they do uh painting of course so it's uh you know we we've been flown to germany to work with veterans so it's really uh developed into quite a quite an amazing uh organization i guess not to toot our own horn no it's incredible and i just wanted to interject that they had, do have a book we had um your co-author on as well, Constance Scharf, who's a researcher. Um, they I don't have one. Now together. I feel left out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to edit one in. When I edit this, I'm going to just put <laughs> yeah, it back it'll in across the Just screen. edit one in. Yeah. But there's yeah. so many stories uh, in here of, of transformation. Um, mm -hmm. And I wanted to read, there is some poetry in here by one of the veterans that worked with y'all. Um his story is just like beautiful and heart wrenching. And like, I feel like I cried throughout this book anyway, but this should we, is, should we, can we set up the, let's set up what the book is a little bit yes. so, uh, real quick. First. And then I'll pass back to you. So when I was doing this and you know, we're rocked recovery, I felt like not, nobody really knew what we were doing. You know, I would go into a garage of a rehab and have this incredible session. So we wanted to capture our work without being too self-aggrandizing. So these are 18 stories of transformation that happen 
every demographic, young, old, you know, male, female, LGBT, sex trafficking victims, addiction, veterans, you know, all sorts of people struggling to find a transformation. So these are 18 of their stories where, oh, by the way, rocked recovery and music was a important part of their transformation. Mm. Back to you. Yeah. So one of those stories is Mike. Um, and he says one of the one of the special things about Rock to Recovery's program is that everyone around me was just as battered by darkness and pain as I was. So nobody was judging me. I could go deep into what I felt and have a community to, to support me as I did. This was the community aspect of the military I had expected to find when I started my career. It was there all along. I learned how to access it. And he wrote this beautiful piece of poetry um, called Shattered Daggers, um, or it's a song, really. He has the, I'll just read the chorus. Um, Darkness attacks me from within. This time the battle is mine to win. Refuse to back down to the dark. Daggers bite worse than the dark. All I have is in this fight. Armed myself with the light. Claw my way out of this hell. Myself to save for those who fell. And it made me think of um, Sonny because he um, he writes about how sometimes the music is kind of dark. Like sometimes the mm -hmm. the yeah. the music that reaches people in those dark places is are kind of dark, and that clinicians kind of have a pro yeah. have are, have a problem with that. Um, but Sonny says you can't feel the light if you haven't experienced the dark. Expressing and then illuminating the darkness in our lives has been one of the highlights of the songwriting process we engage in during our rock to recovery groups. I wonder if you could speak to that a little bit about mm. illuminating the dark and entering into those spaces with people. It reminds me of a date I had with a therapist once who said, <laughs> wow, you played in corn. How can you do the spiritual work if you played in corn? And I was like, yeah, you should revoke your license immediately. What you learn in Corn or a band like that, where Jonathan was one of the first guys I ever know in their first record back in mid 90s to speak about being molested in his youth. And what that let, does is it lets people know they're not alone. Mm. So if you can imagine a world where every song is just like, yay, bubble gums and bunnies over here, the people who feel darkness are going to be like, well, y'all happy, but I'm struggling. So it's one way where we can know we're not alone. Mm. And also the way of healing is to feel feelings, shoving them down, running from them only lets them fester and get worse. Right? So we have to feel, we have to express to get them out, to process them. And then when we do it in a therapeutic, supportive, connective uh, place, a, a safe place, then we're, you know, empowered and we feel not alone. And they say the opposite of addiction or mental health is connection. Mm. So what happens in rock recovery is we let them get dark, bring it, get it out. We're here to support you. You know, sometimes I get choked up and want to start crying, you know, uh, just even thinking about this. And then what we'll do is like maybe in the course of the song, get into a positive mantra. There was a woman, uh, Hannah, who's now Hanley, uh, but she basically her stories in the book, um, she basically was about, you know, to commit suicide and was invited to a warrior event and uh, warrior care event and said, fine, basically I'll go, this won't work. And then I'll kill myself. Mm. 
Hmm. And, and so she came in, we had this light song and when we get really creative in how we get people involved in music, right? What people don't understand is that lyrics is just words put to music. Poetry is lyrics. It's all the same. It's just, if you put music in there. So we're like, Hey, she goes, I have this poem. I don't know if you want to hear it. Well, basically it was like her saying, I thought about killing myself on Sunday and we put it in the song. We broke down in the middle and it's a one minute spoken word about her plans to kill herself Wow! and getting it out. Mm. And then at, after that, we jump into, you know, this positive, Hey, but we're not going to do that. We're going to help lift each other today. But when she, she did that for 300 servicemen and women. So what happens? She gets it out. She's honest. We can embrace her and meet her where she's truly at. And mm. everybody else in the room who can relate goes, I get it. I get you. And then what do you do? You run over and go, yeah, let's do this together. We can't hide. Mm. Wow. Illuminating the dark, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it reminds me of um, when we some, we sometimes bring guest musicians to come and play on, our, on some of the oncology units that we serve. And mm. they often will ask about what type of music to play. And they often assume that it should just be happy cheery music mm. um and we're like nope <laughs> if you do that it will feel so incongruent to mm. them and where they're at um that it's it will feel it drives more disconnection actually mm-hmm. and it's not that you only play dark heavy songs you know but there's this transformation that happens when you come into those dark spaces with people and Mm -hmm. usher them out and walk with them out of that space instead of just saying you need to be here you got to like get to them and help them walk out um yeah so that's yeah that totally rings true yeah i mean imagine i mean there's injuries of all kinds you know mental emotional physical you if you have a broken leg you don't go into the doctor and the doctor doesn't go, your leg's not broken. It's awesome. <laughs> it's like, you got a broken leg. You somebody struggling, you don't go, yeah, you're happy. No, you feel like killing yourself. Let's deal with that. You know? And, and then, that's but like, you know, go ahead. it sounds like you're bringing in the AA principles. Like you have to admit that the first thing mm. step is admitting that you're an alcoholic. Like the first step is mm-hmm. you have to, admit the darkness and in order to transform it. So it sounds Mm -hmm. like, is that true that there's some weaving in of um, what you learned from recovery into the, how you use the, use music with people? Absolutely. I'm a 12 stepper and I'm so grateful for it because it gave me tools of recovery that I can pat, I can share or pass on. And, uh, you know, AA, whatever, 12 steps gets a lot of uh, bad press or people slag it. But the reality is it's like it's tenets of spirituality that are everywhere in the world, in every religion, and every philosophy, just put together in a system that helps bring about transformation. So having a working knowledge of that, because it worked in my life, helps me impart those principles to other people. And I just want to show you right here, right there. They got this in Thailand. This says feel everything. Wow. Because that's what we, that's, that's the path to healing is feeling. We can't pretend it's not there. Mm. I love that. So good. 
I'm thinking of the people who are watching or listening and maybe they're finally making that connection or they've made the connection and they don't know where to go. So how can people reach out to you or rock to recovery and, and are those services only available like in the areas that you're serving that you were talking about, or do you have virtual elements? I'm just curious how people outside of those areas could get help. Yeah. Great question. Uh, you know, there's some benefits that came out of this COVID uh, hell that a lot of us have, have been through, which is we were pushed into like figuring out how to offer our services virtually just to survive. And we do that and we do it with the veterans now. And so we have like a, a Saturday morning breathwork group we do just as a connective exercise. We can offer lessons and rock to recovery virtually any anywhere that somebody wants us. We now we've been doing a, some groups in Thailand now, virtually, and we've you know left you know we have a core of what we do in rock to recovery, but we want, also want to leave it malleable. Sometimes we do privates. You know, again, it's about connection. We'll just do like one guy or girl with one guy or girl in a remote location. That is an option. So. If you come to us with your need and your desire, we'll try to come up with something uh, that can work. And so, yeah, you can find us, Rock, just like it's spelled on the screen, Rock to Recovery. That's our handle on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, of course, my handle is West Gear, just like it's spelled there. I'm most active on Instagram. Um, we have an email, which is info, I N F O, info as an in information at rock to recovery.org and people can reach out to us and uh we're we're we get a lot of requests and we're happy to happy to get them and happy to talk to you and where's the book available the book is available oh we have exciting news very oh. exciting news the book uh the audible book just finally got posted we had some technical glitches there i think something with bezos's rocket messed up the algorithms oh, no. we couldn't no i'm just kidding um <laughs> The book, Rock to Recovery, uh, Music as a Catalyst for Human Transformation, uh, uh, um, is available on Amazon.com in, uh, you know, physical form and audible form and ebook form. Um, what else was I going to say about that? Uh, so the idea of the book is that in a handheld or whatever version you um, – ingested <laughs> um you know it's supposed to be a book of inspiration and give you ideas uh how you or somebody close to you if they're struggling can implement stuff in your own lives uh that will help help you get through whatever you're struggling with mm, so good and if you're interested in learning more about kind of the the science side of things you can go back and listen to um our interview with constance uh, who's your co-author and she kind of mm -hmm. digs, digs into um, some of the, yeah. the science and the research yeah. um, of this that kind of helps to articulate the mechanisms of why this is so helpful. Um, so highly recommend mm -hmm. that as well. Yeah. I, have, I basically go, wow, that was cool. See what just happened. And she <laughs> says, well, that's because the neural pathways and the So we have the, that sounds like Stanzi and I, that sounds like when Stanzi and I talk, I go, huh? <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Like, that was rad, dude. Exactly, yes. I have one final question, but I think it might be two, but I'm going to roll it into one. 
Uh, when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grow up? And I'm assuming it isn't this. Maybe it is. But I'm assuming it isn't doing what you're doing now. And do you still, like you said, it makes you tear up sometimes. Do you wake up sometimes thinking, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I get to do this? I wanted to be a musician. I, as soon as I saw the rock bands and the rock stars, that's what I wanted to do. But coinciding with that, I actually wanted to be a music teacher. I've always loved to teach. And so I mm-hmm. went to college and smoked way too much weed and didn't even make it through one semester getting one credit. But I had that in my heart. Um, so I thought it's kind of interesting because I've reflected on this, like you say, is like I always wanted to teach music and that's what I'm doing just in a in a sense that you, I, like you said, would never have imagined. Um, and uh, it's interesting because I think most of us in recovery, you get such a passion for this natural high we get through doing the work of recovery that you want to share it with other others. So it's really cool to see the Reese's peanut butter cup of it all. <laughs> Two great tastes coming together. Um, and yeah, you know, uh, the other day we had in San Antonio, a couple of our guys, Jeremy Portland, Phil Nashville, uh, working with the wounded veterans out there. And I zoomed in to do a little talk about rock to recovery. Uh, but while I was part of this, uh, day of healing they were there performing with the veterans and at first i was like yeah oh the song that's cool and i was like holy moly i had a part in creating this hmm. not in the ego sense in a like i can't believe it probably like a mom's like whoa this baby came out of me i made this baby what the heck <laughs> i was like what and it just blew me and i and the thing is you, you know when somebody gives you a compliment and they're like hey you look handsome today or you look beautiful you're like oh I'm, i look stupid you're like i had to go no no let this in mm. try to even absorb what the frick is going on you had this little idea you were terrified of and now in san antonio people from two different states are there and i was just like beyond beyond words i just i can't explain it. it's beyond fathoming you know what i mean well that's amazing the last thing I wanted to say is my brother is a combat veteran and struggled with PTSD and TBI and music and poetry were a huge part of his recovery. And he's lost more friends, more military buddies to suicide now than he did to war. Um, and he mm. wanted me to personally thank you for the mm. work that you do and how important and valuable it is. Well, thank you. And I, try my best to receive that compliment but you know uh how it feels is like i twang a guitar you and veteran you know military they dedicate their whole life body and soul Mm. to us people they'll never meet and so thank you to him and all his brothers and sisters that have served yeah the big hugest thanks i'll pass that on please do we are uh, honored to have you here, and uh, thank you for taking the time to jump on and talk to us today. The honor is all mine. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And so the next much. time you're in San Antonio, in real life, not virtually, let us know. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I'd love to meet you all. You seem like awesome people, and you definitely, I do know you wear awesome shirts. <laughs> that, that I know. And that's really all that matters in life, isn't it, folks? Yes. The floral I mean, prints were strong with us today. Yes. I mean, exactly. if I, if you sent me the memo, I got some, anyhow. <laughs>
That wasn't in the pre-interview form. Dang it. We'll, we'll let you know next time. Uh, okay. Make sure you go to heartsmeetart.org slash podcast to learn more about uh, Wes and Rock to Recovery. Make sure you're following us or subscribing or whatever all those things are on everything that you're watching and listening. And we will be back. We will. Wow. We will be back later. I've had too much coffee, everyone. <laughs> Keep creating. Goodbye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Arts for the Health of It, a podcast produced by Hearts Need Art, creative support for patients and caregivers, in partnership with the National Organization for Arts and Health. You can help others learn about the healing power of the arts by subscribing, sharing, and reviewing the podcast wherever you listen or watch. The podcast is hosted by Richard Wilmore, co-hosted by Constanza Rader. Our theme song, Songbird, is written and performed by Natalie Lane. Visit heartsneedart.org to learn how you can support our mission to create joy with people facing life-altering health challenges. Join us next week to learn more ways you can create arts for the health of it. The views expressed on this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of Heartstein Art, their staff, board members, or other affiliates. All content is created for informational purposes only. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice or to diagnose and treat any health condition. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health professional with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you heard on this podcast.